Welcome everyone to the podcast that gives you TV and movie discussion every Tuesday and game discussion every Friday. The Nerdy Useless Topic Society, better known as... Nuts, because we're nuts about pop culture. That one sounded good. That I'm actually really impressed with that one. My, my name is yeah, Joe. I, I surprise. Huh? <laughs> I surprise sometimes. I'll show you a surprise. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You didn't even say your name yet. It's it, it's a mystery. It's Joe. <laughs> you don't know me. Who? Where am I? <laughs> but yes, I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Joe. And I'm Chris, and I'm hiding far away from Joe. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how yes. are you doing this lovely evening, Christopher? Good. Uh, I'm still getting used to the daylight savings adjustment because it's light out when we're recording, and usually we're recording later, and it's, it's dark. Typically, yeah, it's dark, and now I'm like, ah, it's still light out. I feel like I'll have the whole day ahead of me, except it'll be a trap, and I'll be like, wow, it's still light, and I got to go to bed. Yeah, because by the time we're done recording this, it'll probably be dark. <laughs> yeah, it'll be time for bed. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Well, I, I'm doing well. How Thank are you? you for asking me. God. It's a terrible transition. It's okay. How are you? I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm also getting used to daylight savings time, and I just finished playing Kingdom Hearts 3 not too long ago. What? Yeah. I... I waited till now to tell you because I wanted to get your reaction on the podcast. Oh my gosh, I, I have I so fi- many questions. Tell me everything in a spoiler right now while it's recording. Go. <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> Jon Snow showed up. You see, I don't know if <laughs> because there's so many properties in that. They, <laughs> they're teasing the DLC with Jon Snow. <laughs> the real king. <laughs> yes. No, it, it was... I have feels for the game... I like the ending, but it was too rushed. We're going to discuss that like way like, well, not actually way in the future. I don't even know. That might be sl- slated for a week or two from now when we discuss it. I forget. Yeah, I think we're talking about end of March sometime, like beginning of April. Yeah. So at the I know at the very least, it's the end of at, at the latest, it's the end of March. So it'll either be next week's episode or the week after. And then I got so many things to tell you. <laughs> I am so excited. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's good. And that goes into actually our first bit of news. It's not not too big of a, a news day for or news couple days for video games. Yeah, no. But Joe, tell me about Sony's soul-crushing news. You see, I'm really sad, Chris. I lived for this for so long. It was such a revolution when they came came out with it such a great idea there and i had to hold back a tear when i say this discontinuing the vita and everyone goes there's a vita that was already (laughs) dead yeah i I don't i know of one of our friends who had it that's about it yeah and that's like i feel like they stopped making like mainstream games for it 
so long ago that it's actually been on like life support longer than it was actually <laughs> relevant. Pro- <laughs> like, Probably uh. it's they're they're they've been phasing it out, I think, for the past couple of years and that now they're just like, nope, it's done. We're not we're not making any more. And they're not supposed to be. It's, there's no rumors that there's going to be a successor. So I think they're at least for now done in the handheld business. Wow. Well, I think I don't remember if we talked about it last week or not. I don't think we did. Well, no, because we've been talking about Captain Marvel. Yeah. There was an, the last update. One of the main features was on iOS devices, so Apple products, iPhones, iPads. They made it so if you download this PlayStation app, like the updated PlayStation app on your phone, you can use your phone or iPad as a second screen or as a complete display so it will mirror excuse me, what's going on on the screen on your device. I haven't tried it out yet. I want to because I want to see how kind of seamless it is if it's essentially using that to be like in the handheld I wouldn't say it's handheld. It's just saying like off TV market, I guess. It's really dependent. If it's anything like the computer streaming they have, it's you've got to have good internet for it to work. Yeah. Because otherwise it's really laggy. But I haven't done it on the phone. I've only done it like I've streamed it on my computer. Yeah. So it's something maybe I'll try that out tonight or tomorrow just to see how it works. Because I thought in in theory, because Nintendo's been doing that since the Wii U, and Microsoft's been doing that since like you know it's streaming with their computers, but that makes sense. I would like to see, like imagine someone wants to watch TV, and you're like, okay, well you can't play like Nintendo. You can play mobile, but or besides your phone or something. But it's like, man, I want to keep playing Red Dead. Oh well, it's not going to look as great, but I'll have it streamed to my iPad. So I take my controller, I put my iPad like in front of me on the little stand, and keep playing. That could be, you know, if it works well, that could be really yeah. cool. Uh, it just it also depends on how much battery it it uses on your phone. Yeah. So I have to imagine a good like you probably have to leave it plugged in. Probably. Or but let me know how it goes. I'm actually really curious. Yeah, I'll text you. Um, Microsoft, uh, that kind of transitions into Microsoft. Uh, but I know know there's something else that you wanted to talk about with Sony. Um, so just the Microsoft just really briefly, because I didn't want to spend too much time. They've just been really talking about a lot of their streaming stuff, uh, coming soon. They just said their, uh, game pass and their like streaming, um, information some stuff is going to come out in the next like couple of weeks so just looking forward to that because i think that's the direction they're really heading into this new territory of like a full-on streaming service and market oh yeah now isn't like they're supposed to be releasing with the new system like one bot one system that's fully streaming and one like that's more like a mod like a disc-based one isn't that the rumor yeah i think that's the that's the rumor it's they said there there's two xbox like boxes, uh, systems that are rumored and people thought, shut up. People thought <laughs> it was, uh, it was going to be like the next Xbox, like whatever was after the Xbox one. And then now the rumors the past month have been, Oh, well it's like the next iteration of Xbox one. So it's going to be the cheap one, which could be under $200, which would be huge if they can get it under 200, like one ninety nine or even one fifty. 
for the streaming only one. That would be. That's. I think that's what they're trying to do because then it'll just get people back to them. And then the other one would be the high end Ultra Box. You know, current edition. How the Xbox One X, like two years ago when that came out, was like the leader next to like PC gaming. This will just be like the next iteration of that. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what they do because yeah. it. If they get it that cheap, it'll it'll sell well. Yeah, I mean it's it's an easy it's an easy purchase, uh, and you know it's all rumors right now. But that's just something to kind of keep an eye on. But what you know, with the talk of rumors, what's the Sony? Oh, rumor? so Sony, basically, they're just the rumor right now is that they're all gearing up for the PS Five, and actually, they're starting to specifically make games for the ps5's release because when like the ps4 came out it kind of had a weak starting lineup of games that you could pick from and sony sony wants to make sure that there's a good starting lineup so rumor has it that they're starting to give developers like ability to make games for it the ps5 now okay so We'll see what happens there. I mean, if they yeah, I'm sure they're at least working on something at this point. Like, what is it? Five years into the PS4 life cycle now? Six yeah. years? They, no, they've got to because it, the PS5 realistically is probably going to come out in 2020. So they got to yeah. get going now. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'm excited to hear it's going to be an interesting year. So we'll we'll see what kind of comes. It from really that. is. Um, yeah, Nintendo Day. Uh, Nintendo Day. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo news. Uh, the biggest thing recently was Mario Day just happened. Uh, the other day it was March 10th. So when, you know, March, the uh, abbreviation is MAR and 10 looks like the letters that spell out Mario. So they Nintendo did a big discount on all first party Mario games. And I even think actually third party, like uh, Ubisoft has a Mario Rabbids game which i played once before it was actually really fun it's like a uh, xcom style tactical oh, yeah. fighter i've seen game. it it was yeah it was it was very fun um you know it was like i think the original price was like 40 bucks i think it was down to like under 20 for the complete edition and then Damn. 60 games mario odyssey mario kart mario tennis mario party I even think Smash. I got. I'm not positive with Smash, but there, it was down to uh, all the main Mario games were forty dollars. So that's nice. At down from sixty. That's really nice. And Nintendo doesn't do first party sales no, that often. They so don't. I'm sure some people took uh, advantage of that. Oh, yeah. If I had a like, if I had a Switch, I would. So that's awesome. But yeah, it's kind of, kind of been slow. Otherwise, I really haven't heard anything major happening. Like th- like last week, there was this thing with Anthem breaking a bunch of PS fours. But oh yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it was. It's a bug that they. I don't know. If they, I haven't looked at it recently. I don't know if they fixed it, but it it wasn't all the PS fours. It was just a very small handful of them. But sometimes it would just. It would overheat. It looked like it would overheat them. The PS4 wouldn't turn on, but it was just a a, a very small handful, from my understanding. I actually had to look that up to see if they ever fixed it. 
Besides that, there's nothing really major happening. Now, this is that slow time of year, so you know we'll we'll kind of report any major developments. Yeah. <laughs> so then, I guess that lets us get into the actually the main thing that we wanted to talk about today, and that is the most anticipated games that we've, in our opinion, the most anticipated games for us, like that we've had since our childhood. So going all the way back to when we were little, what, what games like made us most hype? Just like I'm sure you're all anticipating listening to this episode. Yes, that's the, the thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> there is definitely, you know, there's a lot of games coming out this year that people are anticipating. Uh, so I think one of the biggest ones for this year, uh, you know, I don't want to say because you might be talking about it in yours. Do you have any on your list that are not out yet? I no, I don't have I don't okay. have any. So some of the biggest ones coming out this year. Uh, Last of Us Part Two is definitely one of the biggest ones. Cyberpunk 2077 from CD Projekt Red that did Witcher 3. That's been in development for years, so people are really excited about that. A new Doom game, the new Pokemon game on the Nintendo front, Sword and Shield. Uh, Dreams has been in development for a while on PlayStation, and that yeah. looks you know, really uh, interesting. The way uh, they released some uh, videos of like things that people created. It was really interesting. Um, and you got division two, the new halo game on the Mar uh, Microsoft from halo infinite. Uh, you're forgetting you know, star Wars, you're forgetting a very important one. Super Mario maker two. <laughs> no, <laughs> half life three. That's coming out, right? You know what? That's probably on. That might be. That might be on your anticipated list because that's just been. That's been uh, uh, being what made but not made since as long as like Duke Nukem Forever, and that was trash. They're Ugh. never going to make Half Life Three, but I, it's not on my list. I won't lie because I felt like that was too easy to go to. Yeah. I, there's so many games coming out this year that we know about. I mean, sure, so many will be announced at E3 in June or whatever it is now that like no one's going, no one's promoting E3. But around the summer, early summer is when a lot of fall and winter games are announced. Uh, one that I'm excited for that's not like super getting a huge amount of attention, but I am excited for is Ultimate Alliance 3 for the Switch. Switch exclusive. Yeah, that's some BS, man. You know what though? It's gonna be like other game. It'll be a Switch exclu a timed exclusive for six months or a year, and then it'll be coming to the other systems, the complete edition with all the DLC and everything, just like all timed exclusives before they come to other I systems. I hope they. You're you're probably right. I just hope that they do it right because I a I don't I haven't seen why they've made it Switch exclusive for now, and b like I don't want them to mess up Ultimate Alliance. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Like the first one was awesome. The second one, uh, you know, is still really, really good. It, you know, was I think the first one was better, but it's still the second one was really good. Um, and it's been like over ten years, so I'm just excited for it. Yeah, no, it it'll be good. I like if we're going off games that like we're most excited for. Like for me, it's pro it's probably The Last of Us too, because I've. 
I played The Last of Us like when it first came out. Like this was like in the summer of college, and I was I was rooming with this guy, and we bought it, and he like he wanted to play it first, so he played it. I didn't stay where where we were, like in the living room, and he beat it in like. I don't think he slept that night. I think he just, I woke up and he was still playing it. <laughs> so I love that game. It's like one of my all time favorite games. So I can't wait to see what they do with, with two. And it look, it looks so, so good. Yeah. It's going to be something. Oh, it'll be something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I just wanted to touch on some games because obviously I think with us talking about anticipated games, we could not say some of our anticipated games like for this year. But what we're really going to focus on are, you know, looking back and reflecting on some of the most anticipated games that we remember. Anything from like our childhood to to really now, uh, I think like, uh, yeah, both both of us have some things that are relatively recent. So. Oh yeah, we just have a couple games each, and uh, you know some things we're going to talk about is why these games were so hyped. Uh, you know what the development cycle for these games were like. If they have like a cult following, if they're really popular, or just where they flopped. Uh, you know if they lived up to the hype, and why. You know why was it maybe worth it or not, and uh, you know how it's kind of stood the test of time since. If it's you know yeah, over. and I think like a big reason at least for me wanting to talk about this subject is because it's like if you go online and just look for like mo like in general most anticipated games of all time or something like that no one really has like a generic list of these are the games like everyone has their own opinions and own views on it and it's really interesting to see like different people's perspective on stuff like oh tetris was mine i don't i legit don't think i saw someone say te tetris yeah. but i'm sure it was someone's most like hype anticipated game for them and it's really interesting to hear to me the the stories of why it is and like what setting kind of brought about you being so excited for the game yeah so joe and i are going to share just our list of some games and give reasons as to why and i'm sure it's honestly there's going to be completely different reasons some based on gameplay or the mechanics or something and some based on just you know personal decisions or things going on in our lives at the time and why it was just so important so i yeah i think we're just going to share ours and obviously at the end you guys can reach out to us uh, you know, on social media, shoot us an email and tell us about some of your most anticipated games or your stories. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll share some of them or post them on, uh, share them on social media. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Joe, I'll, I'll start us off. That's fine. Just because I'm going back and you might go earlier than me, but I'm going to start with, uh, in chronological order from release date. So, my first anticipated, one of my most anticipated games of my childhood was in the year, it came out in the year 2000, oh. New Millennia. Oh. Yes. So this game was a sequel to one of my favorite games on the Nintendo 64. Uh, this game starred my favorite 
dynamic duo. And yes, I'm trying to throw in all these Tuesday oh, jokes because it is Tuesday. Yes, this is my one of my favorite animal duos in all of video games. Uh, it should be obvious by now, but it's Banjo Kazooie, the sequel, Banjo Tooie. <laughs> yes, I was like, you're going to love yes. the name Banjo Tooie. <laughs> I anticipated this game so much. I loved Banjo-Kazooie and played just the hell out of it. Uh, There would be times where, you know, when I was really little, I first started playing it in like elementary school, I think I would get so far like to a certain world and then I just couldn't understand or do the challenges. So I just reset my game and be like, okay, I'm just going to go back to the first couple worlds and do this again. And then by a time, like when they, um, what was it? Uh, when the banjo Tooie came around, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to really do this. And I beat the first one and I was so excited. And they teased banjo Tooie. If you got, no, I think it was just, if you beat the game, she, uh, the villain Gruntilda said, I'll get you in banjo Tooie. And it was like, wow, that was hilarious. Especially <laughs> for like, you know, 10 year old. Just, me. just lay it so, out there. Thanks game. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my gosh, banjo Tooie is coming. And, uh, As soon as I came out, you know, I think I got it within the first, you know, if not that weekend, like within the first couple of weeks, I had saved up so much money, like however much it was, but I worked uh, to save up money throughout like the year before it was released. I looked through all the articles in like Nintendo Power and stuff like that and got the uh, strategy guide when that came out to figure out how to find all the collectibles. And I loved it. Um, development cycle, it was pretty much like they carried over some worlds that they just couldn't fit in the original. Uh, a big thing with Banjo-Tooie was they tried, they were trying to do something, uh, that was in the first game called Stop and Swap. And it was, there were these secret, almost like Easter eggs. And if you hundred percented the original Banjo-Kazooie, they would even tell you how to get some of them and you'd have to enter in like codes and stuff and, you would uh, unlock them and they would, it would say it would do something. And what you do is you'd have the game in the N64. It would be on, right? Mm-hmm. You have all the eggs unlocked or whatever ones. And then you, while the system is on, you take the game out, put in Banjo Tooie. Or I think it, it might have been you turn off the system, but it was like something that was just not capable through that hardware. Yeah. So. They tried doing it and it was, they like kind of tweaked it in Banjo Tooie. Like some things made it so that it was like actual in game unlockable stuff. Uh, and they still had some hidden things in the sequel, but it honestly didn't become a real thing until its following game, which was, I almost picked this instead Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts because I loved Banjo Kazooie and I loved Banjo Tooie. And Nuts and Bolts was completely different uh, gameplay for the Xbox 360. But they did re-release Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie on the Xbox Live Arcade, and they made it work with the uh, stop and swap. And you can do that between games, and it would unlock some things in Nuts and Bolts as well. So that part was cool. But the original games for N64, awesome. Did it have a cult following? It was really positive, really popular. I think to this day, people still think of like the first game more than the second one as... uh, no, you know, I would, I would agree um, with that most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I like Chewy, but like the first game is the one that really pops out to me. Yeah. Uh, 
was it worth it in the end to me? Yes. I mean, I go back I, every few years and replay Banjo Kazooie and Tui, and each time I like just get better. I'm not trying to be like a you know what is it a uh, speedrunner through the game. Oh, no, we but, all know you're not trying to be speedrunner. No, because I'm trying to because you see you're like too I'm busy trying... stuffing your gullet. <laughs> <laughs> I like stop and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this animation or look at this thing. Oh, look at Congo, the giant monkey throw oranges at me. <laughs> yes, feed. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> feed the bear. Feed me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was, yeah, I thought it was completely worth it. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it was viewed. I think, very, you know, critics reviewed it very well. There were a couple challenges in the game that were uh, very difficult one, I will curse Canary Mary till the day I die. <laughs> it was just a challenge in the second world and then again in the last world. And I remember seeing an article, like one of the developers from the game was like, um, yeah, this the last time you have to race Canary Mary, we made it basically like, you know, we don't even know how, how uh, we cranked up the difficulty. We just know it was like near impossible. And some people had to use those turbo controllers and like hold down A to get it at like the maximum. Oh yeah. yeah it was, it was or you crazy. just use the old game sharks. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, game sharks. <laughs> so that's my first anticipated game. Okay. that That's a good one. That's a really good choice. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to go chronological order, but eh, why not? This one came out actually probably around the same time that Banjo Tooie came out. Now that I think about it, at least in America, my one of my most anticipated games of all time is of course PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royal. Because it's the best game uh, yes. all, of all time. No, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it really isn't. No, it's not. Uh so mine actually is Pokemon Silver. Uh, the second generation of Pokemon games. Oh my gosh. Yes. So this Pokemon Silver, like Gold and Silver, came out in America in like 2000. It, it was it was a year, I believe, after the Japan release. But this was back in the day when we obviously were we were little, and the internet was new, so we didn't really have like I never knew that it released in Japan before I got it. So. I didn't know it was a year old, and I didn't have the internet to tell me spoilers about anything. Sometimes I miss those days. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. so, so this game came out after, obviously, the original Red and Blue. Red and Blue came out in America in 1998, so this was roughly two years after their release. Um, like, when Red and Blue came out, I got it. Like, my mom got it for me on the original Game Boy. Not the color, the original Game Boy. Yeah, the, the, the brick. brick. <laughs> <laughs> and I played that thing to death. And then, like, not long after, like two years after, like I said, you see that they're introducing this new Pokemon game. They say that there's going to have, like, like, 100 new Pokemon. Like, as a kid, you're, like, drooling at this point. And it's in color. Like the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest things was it was in color. And that made me so excited. Um so I got it. I, I played it. Like it, it brought back like 
all the original that you loved and you got new like you got new pokemon that actually looked really cool pokemon was still kind of a new idea at that time so it wasn't like turning all these random objects even though it 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 had some bad designs every pokemon game has some bad designs uh but it was great and then you got to go back to kanto like you played through the first eight gym bat like the first eight gyms you beat the league and you went back to the original game basically yeah i, I was wondering if you're gonna say that because that was like that was unheard of in any game it hasn't been done or less again. like no and not just like a any you know console like the fact that it was also on a handheld and it was like hey we basically put like almost two games into one little cartridge that's you know the amount of space that now like a, a picture on your phone takes up exactly like it's that much space or that much to do on a game like extra content like that was my first real experience of after game content and it's like some of the best after game content I've ever had. And like I said, they've to this day, to my knowledge, they've never done that in the Pokemon games again to where you can go to the previous gyms. They've had like they brought in some trainers from the old games, but they've never done it to where you basically play a full fledged second game. So, you know, it was obviously really hype because it, it, it was you got all these new things. You got so much to do. And then you came into school with like the, your old uh, link cable for the Game Boy Color trying to trade all these Pokemon or you battle people like you you literally go outside and go meet up friends and in, in the street to like battle them for like bragging rights on the street. Yeah, it was like we hid from my teacher like the fact that we were trading Pokemon and stuff like she was teaching me. <laughs> we we totally like in a book like had our had our ga Game Boys linked. It was awesome. So as, as far as like the development cycle for this, it was like I said, it was in, in Japan. It released red and green released in 1996 and then they released gold and silver in 1999. So it was really just a three year three year time gap and they were just figuring out what they wanted to do what they wanted to what they wanted to add figuring out how they could make it like people really want to get into it so they brought back the old stuff and brought in some new stuff so people would who played the original games would still want to play the new games because it had the old pokemon in it and it worked yeah really well i mean they had developed some of these pokemon when they made the first game so they they just kept kept going and obviously pokemon still has a huge cult following today like people buy systems like i'm sure people will buy the switch just to play pokemon uh, oh yeah was it worth worth it in the end absolutely it was it's still my second favorite no it's still my favorite generation of pokemon games i think just the memories and the fact that i got two games at in one it was amazing and and of course it's i don't know if it's the highest rated pokemon game ever but it's it's very high highly rated amongst like our peers like people love yeah. that, that game 
Yeah, it was really well done. And like you said, it just was, it ticked off a lot of check marks of uh, firsts for uh, for a lot in the handheld. And just, you know, it was at the time where Pokemon was, it was like a cultural phenom- a phenomenon like it is now, but it was still like as a, compared to now, it still was in its infancy. It had the TV show. The first movie had come out by that time. I believe, because, uh, yeah, that came out in 2000. The movie, I think, came out in 99. Because Pokemon 2000, the yes. movie, came out to kind of tie into the silver and gold because it had the three legendary birds from the original, red and blue, yeah. like, have to be united to unlock, was it Lugia? Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters and... Yeah, taking. I'm sure, like you know, so many kids like birthday parties was like, oh, let's go see oh, this. That, yeah, that movie and, was it was so good back in the day. I was so excited. Yeah, I don't even want to watch it and see. I, I might <laughs> hate it, <laughs> or I might be like, oh, well, that actually was pretty How? good. But yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let that just sit in my uh, nostalgia in my rear view. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's probably better that way. Yes, but so that that's mine for like my childhood. What. So I know you have another one now. Yes. This one goes for me into, let's see what year is this? Uh, 2004. So this is middle school for me. Uh, so this game is a sequel again. I did. I don't have all sequels, but this game was a sequel to a spinoff of one of my favorite games. And actually this whole series is one of my favorite series in all of video games. So, the original for Super Nintendo. One of my uh, early memories of playing the Super Nintendo when... Uh, not early, actually, because this was like the tail end of the Super Nintendo. But I remember playing uh, Super Mario RPG, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that came out in 96, like when the N64 was releasing. It had already released in Japan, I believe. So people uh, were kind of moving on to N64. Loved Mario RPG. i probably go through and play that... Every, you know, once a year, every other year, uh, they because they Nintendo worked with Square, uh, Square Soft at the time. Now uh, Square Enix, who did the Final Fantasy, it was like Mario meets Final Fantasy in that gameplay and stuff. It was awesome, but yeah. they had a falling out, so they kind of went in different direction with the, anything going forward on the N sixty four. It was Paper Mario, and it was awesome. It was like a simple action platform rpg story it was awesome i love it and i play that one too i usually go through like in order i'll play like mario rpg then paper mario and then my most uh anticipated game for i remember 2004 paper mario the thousand year door it was awesome it was so good i remember seeing it's once again in my nintendo power magazine like the first picture of like mario in this this field and like it looked like yes the graphics it's supposed to look like all paper but it looks so much like more clear and like smooth and like crisp at the same time like the edges and stuff like that um on those tv you know still pre-hd tvs yeah and uh but I just remember, like, oh my gosh, I gotta play this, and I followed anything I could. This is still in the infancy of like easy, easy access uh, information internet, <laughs> so I was still like, you know, couldn't find anything. I remember going to GameStop because they had a demo of it, 
and I just asked to go to GameStop just to play the demo, like not to buy anything, just to go play the demo, which was you get to go, it's early, like play the first chapter of the game and you get to do like one mission in the town and fight like a mini boss. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. They stepped up the battle mechanics to having it be like when you start a battle, you go in and you're on a stage and it's like there's an audience and they can somehow like help or hurt you in a way sometimes. And that gives, there's so much to it. Like it's, it was so, uh, you know, in a way like simple yet really intricate, (laughs) but you could, uh, you know, anyone could pick it up and understand like a kid, but you know, there's different intricacies to it, like, uh, you know, to pay attention to. So you're always kind of, you know, engaged with what you were doing. The story is one of the best and like really twisted dark stories in, uh, all of like Mario's games. Um, yeah. Peach gets captured. There's like a not even interspecies like love story. It's like this giant computer, which is basically Hal 3000 um, falls in love with peach. And there's like enemies that kidnapped her. It's not Bowser this time um, who want to use her as like a demon vessel. It was so dark. And uh, I even remember too, this is spoilers, but at the end of the game you get to the shadow queen when she's unleashed and she takes over, she possesses Peach, and she's like, you can serve me, or you can fight, but it'll be, uh, like, futile. And the first time I remember playing it, luckily I saved, I was like, no, we're good, let's not fight. And Mario walks off screen and just goes <laughs> game over. And it cuts, and it goes to the main screen. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um... There was so much to it, too. The main town, there was, like, help quests you could do, some fetch quests in there, some other things, and you could uh, unlock different uh, badges and different things. There's so many ways to upgrade you. It had the first of, like, many, uh, it was called the Pit of 100 Trials, where you had to go in and fight 100 levels down with very limited healing abilities. So by the time you were at the bottom, you were pretty beaten up. And then you had to fight the real hardest boss, in the game yeah. and to get the best reward, you had to do it twice. There you go, Joe. Uh, and I remember doing it and it took like hours, but it was so much fun. It's so worth it at the end. And then ah, there was something else too. It was so good. Like it had, you had a uh, parties and, or you had a party and your partners, there were six, mm-hmm. but there was an optional one that you could get in all like, and I didn't even know this for like years. It wasn't until high school that I like saw a thing. It was like, Oh, you can unlock this person as your partner. (laughs) How? And then she was awesome. Cause she would, um, if you did her attack correctly, she would pierce anyone's defenses. So as you get through and you play through the end of the game, uh, enemies have like, you know, plus one or two or three uh, defense. So you have to do like really heavy duty attacks to hurt them. And she just goes and literally slaps them. (laughs) <laughs> and Bitch. it was so good um yeah there's so much i could talk about i love that series and it's you good know, and the one after it was still good and it kind of, it wasn't as good as thousand year door and then it just kind of dropped after super paper mario i didn't really care for the ones past it but yeah that was it was really critically acclaimed i like 
you know, any Nintendo Direct, I'm like, you know what? It'd be an easy game. Just give, like, hey, here's Paper Mario and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door combo HD remastered for 40 bucks. I will gladly buy that just to play it on Switch. Oh, yeah. No, it was... I played the Thousand Year Door, like... It's actually, I think, my only Paper Mario game. But I... It was so fun. You got to do so many fun things. And the story is, like you said, it was really good for a Mario game. Yeah, it had a good story, which is typically important for me. Um, you know, people still say it's one of the best, one of the best games, like in that series. Uh, was it worth the wait in the end? Of course. Uh, you know, like I said, I usually go back and replay those three Um every couple of years and uh super paper mario the one for the wii every once i think i've replayed it once or twice it's still fun uh but it's just it's different it, changed, it took the whole battle mechanic out and made it more much more uh, like the traditional platformer game yeah. with a slight leveling yeah system yeah but yeah i'm just like gosh just make it if they and they did like color splash for the wii u and I'm like ah they're just getting further and further away from this crowning jewel that was the thousand year door. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of a lot of what's happening with games anymore. Actually. Yeah. But, so that's my, my second one. Okay. Well, I'm going to actually basically go right into like recent adulthood to yeah. just to like compare, pair the, the two or compare like my hype level then versus now. So my, my, most hype game, like this was a couple years ago. It was, and I'm a big RPG player. Like I love them. So mine yeah. was Final Fantasy 15. What used to be known as Final Fantasy versus 13. I, this game had, if there is a definition besides Duke Nukem for development hell, that is this game. <laughs> <laughs> they they announced this game in 2006 and it took them about 10 years to release the game and and there was there was so much stuff there's so much backstory that you can read about why it took that took that long because it, it was released a couple of years after Final Fantasy 13 the biggest reason that it got like I was hyped for it when I first saw it. Cause they like showed it off in E three and everything is that the, the trailer was Noctis, one of the main characters sitting, sitting on this throne and then eventually got to where he had all these weapons all around him. And he was doing just all these crazy moves. I, I forget if this was in the first trailer, but it was definitely in one of them. It just it looked like real and and edgy. It's something like Final Fantasy hadn't done before. Like they they were getting into like what looked like a really dark story that that seemed like the whole game it would be just just like that. And and I was just excited because I was like, okay, what are they going to do with the combat system now? Like they had changed the combat system so many times in the years. Like after 10 12 came out and that had a certain combat system 13 came out and that had a different combat system 
And 13 was a big letdown. So I was like really hoping that it would, this, this game would be good. It was all meant to be in the same universe as Final Fantasy 13 because it was versus 13. They were going to use kind of the same general lore and everything like that. But then, yeah. like, I would check all the time on, on the internet for like rumors, what's happening, and like, who is this character, and all that stuff. With, with development, the one of the, the directors for the Kingdom Hearts game, Nomura, he, he was developing Final Fantasy 15. And what wound up happening is like 13 and versus 13 were kind of starting to be developed simultaneously. And then they wound up creating an engine like for 13 specifically. And they tried to run versus 13 on it and it completely didn't work. So they had to make another engine. And that's where the Luminous engine came from. Eventually that 13 would go on, but it had been so many years and it took so long for them to do that, that they were like, okay, 13 has been out at, at this point. We're just going to name it 15. And Nomura left either Square Enix told him to leave or he left on his own. And then the guy that replaced him basically pick and chose certain aspects of the story, kept it and deleted the rest and just threw it all together. Like there are certain characters like this. There's this one female character that was looked like she was supposed to be a main character. Never showed showed up in the game. They completely changed her. And what wound up happening is it, it, it just became a mess. When the game came out, it, it was decent, I would say. The story you could tell was a mess. You had to to even get a really good, like, or not really good, a decent comprehension about what was happening in the story. You would have had to watch the movie that they released and watch these cartoon-type YouTube episodes on Final Fantasy XV just to understand what was happening in-game. So that kind of drove people away. And the combat... The combat wasn't bad. I didn't mind it too much because like you got to sift through all these different weapons, but then it it just felt kind of really simple. It didn't feel as intricate as it looked. And then I didn't like them like you had to craft magic and you could only use like three of it at a time. It wasn't that great. Like I thought the game had so much possibility, but I don't like this is a game in complete contrast to me that from the Pokemon game, I don't think it lived up to the hype because of all of the, the development hell that it went through all the, the reworks and the redos for that. I think they just threw a game in together and they were just like, here you go. It wasn't, I don't believe it was reviewed actually half bad, but general consensus is with the community is that it really was a subpar game. It's not the worst that I've ever played. I'd probably say 10-2 was worse than 15. But it's it, it disappointed me because it had so much potential. And it yeah. kind of just floundered on it. But that's mine from recent. Yeah. Okay. My last one I'm going to talk about is from... So I did like one from N64, one from the GameCube. 
My last one I did was from the Nintendo Wii. And yes, I say the Nintendo Wii. I know it came to all different platforms, but the one that I had it on was the Nintendo Wii because I was grown, you know, I grew up in a Nintendo household. Now, this game was out in 2007 for 360 and PS3. And I remember I was in high school and one of our neighbors would like, you know, we were hanging out at uh, a neighbor's house and they had this game and we all would play it sometimes before school. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. This is like the next level of a game that I got the year before, but even better. So the game I'm talking about was the original rock band. <laughs> yes. So I got the first like music of that whole like big wave of music rhythm games. My one, my aunt got me for Christmas, uh, guitar hero three for the Wii and never, I never played it like any of those music games before. I was like, Oh cool. That's, that's fun. Um, so played through that by the time, you know, I played rock band for the first time at a friend's house. I was still playing on like easy, some songs that were easy. I was like, yeah, I can play medium, watch this and like, you know, fumble my way through, but it was so much fun. Like it was just something that was so different. And I was like, man, I don't have a 360. I'm not going to like, I, okay, I can't buy this. And I followed like all these different things. Like, when's it coming out to on the Wii? And finally they say, okay, it's coming out. Uh, and it's going to cost like, it was like over $200. I think it was $250 for the band in a box or whatever it was called, where you got the drums, uh, I believe two guitars and a microphone and the game. And it was all those plastic instruments. And I remember going to some like a leadership thing. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to be here. The game comes <laughs> out while I was there. It was like a whole week. And I was like, it's out. And it's, at, I had pre-ordered it at GameStop. And I was like, I gotta go get this. I am. I was like f- freaking out. Yeah. I go get it. And it, it literally, like I can think of some of these games that are like my favorite games. I love these stories and stuff. I don't know any game. And you know how, how much that game means oh, yeah. to me. Uh, that game, I would say, changed my life. Uh, so, played, you know, got that. It came out in 2008 on the Wii. I played the hell out of that. Pro- I was, I was going to say dozens of hours, but honestly, hundreds of oh, hours sure. played in that entire series. High school, it was Rock Band, and then Rock Band 2. Uh, the Wii didn't have essentially an online store, so they made track packs, game or songs that were only available online on 360 and PS3. Well, the Wii didn't have that, so they um, put like their top 20 songs on a disc, and they'd be like, "Here, these are like 20 songs to add to it." But you have to like play it on a se- as a separate game. I had track pack volume like one, two, ACDC. Uh, you know, all these like other ones, we like the country pack, the heavy metal pack. I was like, it was the game. I would get home from school and would play and get and just, just cause I loved it. It was never about like, okay, you know, uh, playing against someone else. It was a collaborative game. So it would be like my sister, my siblings, my friends, we'd come over and be like, okay, let's play. It was like the closest as, uh, online games were getting bigger, like Halo 2 and uh, 
I think Halo three came out too, like in high school and like the, they were getting bigger. It was like, all right, right, come here. Let's play like couch co-op literally while playing rock band. And then rock band two came out, got that. Um, you know, the spinoffs Beatles rock band. My sister was a huge Beatles fan. So I, she, you know, got that. We played the hell out of everything. Uh, green day rock band, rock band three that came out when, when we were in college yeah, and we played that like at work, that was a like team building experience as one of our things as RAs. And then it became like, this is our go-to. Hey, what are you doing? All right, rock band. Let's go set it up in the, uh, uh, in the room with the uh, giant projector and like blast the speakers. Like we were having a rock concert and we would play for hours and, I broke so many kick pedals because my <laughs> instrument of choice was the drums. And now like it gets to the point where like through the years, it'd be like, you know, all just easy. And then I got to the point where I could play all of those on like expert and sing. It was just, it was never, you know, just because it was just, it was fun. It was never about like saying, Oh, okay, well you did this. You sucked at that song or something. It was always just about positive. It was always a positive experience. And I, I could talk for hours about this, but I absolutely love the game. Obviously, when Rock Band 4 was announced, I was super excited. It was not coming out on the Wii U. Shocking, because you know I was one of 30 people that bought one. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was coming out on PS4, and I still, to this day, like probably once a week, I'll get home from work and be like, I just want to play like a couple songs for like an hour or something like that, and I'll throw in the disc and. You know, and they've given, they still are supplying like weekly DLC, some free, and they're still doing stuff. This is like 10 years. They had their 10 year anniversary uh, not too long ago. What was it? Uh, two years ago. Okay. So it's crazy to think of that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so much. How is it? Um, yeah, going back to the questions, I was so hyped. Yeah, I, I talked about it. the development cycle. Harmonics, the company that made it, they did Guitar Hero 1 and 2. Then they decided to start going into like what they did with Rock Band and expanding not just to just two guitars. Uh, so another studio, uh, Activision, just took over development of Guitar Hero. And we know like that franchise did like, you know, six different Guitar Heroes as yeah. well. Um, Harmonics stayed within all the different ones that I just explained. Um, development cycle lasts for a couple of years. Did they have a cult following? It was like a phenomenon. Like everyone played or had and knew someone that had it and everyone would play like bars would do rock band nights. There was a show on MTV because MTV also published the game yeah. uh, where it was like a battle of the rock bands. Our college had a rock band set up at like our welcome week freshman year at a tent to like get people interested. I was like, Oh my God, like this is, it was just so it was everywhere for a couple of years and like everyone played it or at least tried it. Um, did it live up to the hype? Of course I, I still play it. <laughs> I am one of now it's definitely, you know, rock band four. it shows how many people are online. It's like, you're in like the top 10,000. It was like top 10,000. That's, you know, it's like how many people play this. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh man, I made it to like number six on the leaderboard. And like, it's probably out, even if it's out of like a thousand, that's like still, you know, that's a, it used to be millions of people playing this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, every day, you know, was it worth it? Of course. Uh, 
general public loved it, got sick of it. It was oversaturated with Guitar Hero, both of them making games. They both took a break. Uh, both came back around the same time. Guitar Hero did it. They both didn't do a great job. Guitar Hero was like, we're good doing something completely different and did a completely new feel. I you know, respect that they tried something different. Rock Band was like, transfer everything you purchased, as long as it's on the same family of systems, transfer everything you purchased, every controller will work, everything you already have, you just have to get the game. Uh, and for most people that had it and bought it, they just use the same stuff i had to start from scratch but you know it's one of it was like i said life-changing absolutely love it so oh yeah 100 percent. that was my i think also one of my most anticipated games oh yeah like i remember like hours that we used to spend in college just playing it on nights either when we had nothing to do or like we're not feeling that great it was fun (laughs) remember just like yeah all the different songs all, drunken lullabies making names uh, out like sentences oh out my of the gosh songs. yeah i forgot about that yeah we try to be yeah make like a creative writing out of song names <laughs> it was just random like my god it, it was so fun it brought like it brought people together and it brought just us doing random stuff it's like you said we weren't competing we were just trying to have fun yeah it was, awesome. it was good but I think now we're going to go on to Chris and I try to do something when we're not in like doing our, our specials, like reviews on a movie or something like that. Chris and I try to do something fun at the end of every episode. So today we're going to actually talk about a game that we think would be like highly anticipated by a group of people, or at least by us at the very least. <laughs> Cause that's all. It yes. Just <laughs> us. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited to hear what yours is, Joe. Well, I can start. I'm, I'm fine with that. So perfect. So I kind of actually alluded to this at the, at the be- beginning of the episode or when I talked about my first hype game. So what, one of the biggest things I, I remember in, in the nineties was like, obviously the Pokemon craze, like that's when it started like late nineties and then into the early two thousands. Uh, so the Pokemon craze was everywhere. And in that, you know, you got the rise of the, the internet and that started being more of a thing. And then you had all these different like Pokemon spinoffs. Like there was this monster rancher show. I think it, I, it was like this, eyeball that walked around i remember something like that and obviously the biggest competitor to pokemon that people claim is a ripoff of it is digimon so what i thought to do <laughs> digimon digital monster uh, digimon are the i champion. am probably one of the few people in this world that like that show more than i like the pokemon show i like parts of it but yeah i think it was it was universally disliked compared to Pokemon. yeah no they never made a good game for it that well not in the early days and they never made a good digimon game but i i loved that show growing up so what i came up with is basically this giant open world um massive online like mmo basically so so what it is is that 
you you obviously you're gonna have the top top rated graphics that you can today. And when you start the game, you get to choose choose a faction. You're either on the Pokemon team or the Digimon team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And okay. It's obviously it's got role playing mechanics in this. So if you choose like either the Pokemon or the Digimon by doing certain certain events or leveling up your character, you can Digivolve or evolve your Pokemon. If you're a Pokemon, obviously Digivolve if you're a Digimon. And you can choose to do it like or not. Like you can keep your Pokemon, like you can keep Squirtle as Squirtle for the entire game, or you could evolve him to Blastoise and play as him for the entire game. Just like you can do like Agumon to War Greymon for for all that. And the point is that this is set up like how they're in Pokemon. There's this lore where there was this giant Pokemon war like long, long ago. We're setting it up to be instead of a Pokemon war, it was a Pokemon Digimon war. And you just it's a free roaming. You can pick the character that you are. You level them up. You get certain attacks per per the character. If you want to change attacks, you can. And then you can acquire new characters that you can switch in and out of as you play the game. So like you could fly as Pidgeot or something like that. At, oh, cool. And the point the point is it's free roaming, but and it's a massive like world. But when you see like a, a Pokemon, like if you're a Digimon when you see a Pokemon or vice versa, your goal is to destroy them because you want to take over, so you'll have certain like squads that you can team up with from people on online, try to take over land, develop develop it, try to make defenses for people to stay out of. And it's really just, it would be like this giant war with the old 90s nostalgia. And I, I would play that game so fast. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I would definitely play it just based on that. I, uh, you know, it would be something that <laughs> I would be anticipating. <laughs> I, uh, I, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's I, I just like imagining yeah. it and just seeing like that 3D world of oh, like that'd be so well, good. you can do and you can do a lot with it. That some of the stuff that I was trying to come up with is like you could set up traps or you can make a mechanic to where they, you could set up traps. So like how Venusaur has like, obviously vine whip and stuff like that set, set up to where like you've got a a line of Venusaurs, like you're working with people and they're all hidden in like the grass. So their flowers kind of like try to make them blend in. And like when random Digimon or whatever pass, then they all can attack all at once. And it's like horde battling and it would just that way you can kill them easier and you can, you get loot from them. The Digimon, if you kill them, like you, they can drop rare candies so you can level up essentially. And the, the Pokemon can like produce data that allows the Digimon to get, to gather energy and level up. And you would, could get so many different aspects by allowing you to pick 
like even say you were to be limited to six characters in the world that you could select overall because like how you can have six pokemon in your your arsenal you can if you code it correctly this would take a lot of work but you can pick up one that flies like one that's ocean based like you could have it to where you allow the user to experience the world in a variety of different ways just because of the type of pokemon or digimon that they select i like the the amount of like customization and and choice that you get in the matter yeah i would i would like if i ever heard something like that was built i'd buy it be a hard, pre-order. i'd buy it now but i feel like it would take so much power to do that like not to even mention the, the licensing issues that you would, you would get <laughs> yeah. but lots and lots of money yeah but just the the overall like time frame it would take you to produce something to, to where you could have a character that is in the ocean and then on the ground and then flying and then being able to do attack mechanics and all this stuff it would take a long time but my god would that build up a community of people so fast Yes. Uh, good. I would definitely pre-order that. Uh, well, my game that I'm creating that I think would build a lot of anticipation in is the complete opposite. I think <laughs> in every way. It is something I don't think anyone is going to see coming because it's just so out there. Okay. <laughs> PlayStation All Stars Two. You got. Oh, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, no, more likely. (laughs) So, the game I'm uh, talking about, it's going to be more of you know, uh, as some sort of you know, it's like a East meets West developed type of game. So. Uh, Eastern game like Japanese themed games are getting more popular in the West. So what I'm thinking is something that's kind of in the middle and would uh, build on a lot of uh, hype around a certain intellectual property. So this would be almost like a a telltale like game. So it's a lot of choice and uh, narrative, very story based. You know, I like me that those stories with like a um, think of some things that are in more Eastern games, like, you know, those dating Sims and, you know, really about uh, relationships, not just between, uh, you know, just forging relationships. Uh, But before I go any further, Joe, do you have any, any ideas of what it could be? So a storytelling game that has to deal with relationships. Yes, uh, East meets West with a very well-known and more and more popular IP every day. Oh, my God. I don't... I can't even think of it. I have All no right, it's idea. It's okay, Joe. I, you know, also, have I told you recently? Have I thanked you? <laughs> no. Maybe. Joe, thank you. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> you know, we've traveled down the road and back again. 
And I know your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. You're 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 going with a love story with the Golden Girls. Coming to consoles <laughs> and Steam in 2021, the Golden Girls. <laughs> Please explain yes. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we are well overdue for a Golden Girls themed video. Scott, game. you would love this. Their, their hype has only increased. It is on all of these channels. It's on Nickelodeon, like the Nick at Night, uh, like the uh, older crowd version of Nickelodeon. Uh, it is on Hallmark all the time. It is on. There's so many reruns of it, and it is a hilarious show. Uh, I've watched it several times. Uh, my wife loves the show, and I just think it's hilarious. And we, you know, with all the talk, uh, what was it? Even the past decade, it's been you know Betty White's had a huge revival. Uh, she's the only living uh, Golden Girl. All the other actresses have all passed, but. I would love to see a telltale like East meets West throw a little like uh, reminding almost of, you know, with updated graphics of like now, but those old adventure games like LucasArts adventure games, except uh, meeting like modern telltale before they went out of business. So this can go one of two ways. One, you pick which character to play as, uh, the only thing with that is, you know, you can you can choose and you could alternate. Uh, well, once you pick your character, you have to play as that first or uh, that character throughout the rest of these. You know, I didn't want to make it episodic like Telltale. I want it to be just that style. Mm -hmm. So say this is a 10 to 15 hour game. It's not a long game, but you get so much in this. It's essentially like another season of this show. And I think it would be something you put it on every platform you put it on just like telltale did you put it on phones you put it as a tv game you can play with your remote and people will play it and it will get people engaged at all different levels and uh, people that play games and people that don't uh, typically but i think it'd be hilarious first of all it's a very funny show so you could play as blanche you could play as rose you could play as dorothy you know you could even possibly play as <laughs> sophia oh that's uh, who so i would play as that, I lie. would it would make you want to play through four times because you would get different scenarios and you could replay as a certain character. When I said forging relationships, now it's not just about Blanche hooking up with a hundred guys as she <laughs> normally does. No. You're it's all about forging the relationships within the other Golden Girls, the other ladies that you live with. And as you play, you know, the dating sim aspect is like, oh, all of them throughout the show's history have had many different boyfriends, many different lovers <laughs> and oh they, uh, <laughs> but, and at different times, obviously their own relationships have gotten stronger and weaker at times, but in the end, you know, it's always, it's a positive show. Uh, but I think having the, that type of theme and that mentality, you know, being able to play through, like you might play through as Rose and be like really close to Blanche at the end of your playthrough, but not close to Dorothy. Very realistic to the show. Whereas I might play and try to have a very 
like good relationship with all of them. And it would, you'd have all these different ways where you could play through and everyone hates you by the end. <laughs> you could play through and everyone loves you, or you have a really strong connection to one of them. Uh, the other thought I had was you're the fifth person. They need more rent and you're just, you know, you create the fifth golden girl to be there and just be like, not a spectator, but you similar to how I've described it already. It's just this way you get to interact with all four of them and they could still have their, um, dialogue and everything the way that it should be very, you know, uh, every character can be themselves. Whereas if you play as one of the characters, you can kind of make them, you can have them respond to things in a way they, they might not have naturally done it in their seven seasons of a show. Mm -hmm. So, I also think throwing in there, like, it would start off, you know, hour, you know, a couple hours of getting used to it and working on the relationships between all of them. It's a dating sim. And then around 10 hours into the game, one of the uh, prospective boyfriends or whoever dies oh. and becomes a murder mystery. And there's like all these characters. You can have all these, like, you know, other characters from the show involved. Obviously, you'd want to see. Stan, Dorothy's ex-husband there. You'd want to see Miles. It's uh, Rose's like on and off again in the, uh, oh, goodness, what is it? The uh, Witness Protection Agency for a few seasons. Uh, you know, all these major characters people have known and loved and grew up with. And I think it would just be awesome. I would love to see that. And, you know, they could tease a little... Uh, you know, Golden Palace at the end, which was the spinoff that only had like two of them featuring though. Ah, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. He plays War Machine, Don Cheadle. Yeah. That was one of his early acting roles as the spinoff of Golden Girls that lasted like less than a season. But yes, so Golden Girls 2021, all things. <laughs> Please hype this up. If you want to see it happen, we have the power. Unlimited Thank you all power. for being a friend. <laughs> We is friends. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. And that's how it would end too. It would just have like the theme song. Uh, you'd have to either uh, sound wise, you'd have to either you, you know, a lot of work, but either go back to old videos and just get all the audio and make it into stuff uh, through that. Or you get, you know, sound alike artists to do the voices and you definitely get Betty White to do hers. Uh, if she's not up to it, you get, you know, just sound alikes for all, but you know, you, you want to make it good enough that they would all be uh, pleased. I <laughs> didn't I see that coming. It, <laughs> I think you have finally unlocked the secret 40 plus year old women gaming market. Yes. You heard and it here now, first. <laughs> you will have all the monies in the world. Yes. You think Nintendo did it with the original Wii, but no, no. I got them one better. <laughs> I got the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I I never would have suspected that ever. <laughs> it, 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 it is you, an untapped market. Even that style of play, never would have suspected it would be so it good. Would, I would play. It would make you. Re, it was just like I said, ten to fifteen hours. You replay it. You get a hundred hours out of it. You play it. You get a hundred percent everything, with all the replays. I mean, yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds interesting. I don't know if I could pay a hundred. 
play a hundred hours of Golden Girls, but oh, it's so funny. I guess it'll have to hook me in. You better get to working. Oh, Blanche will oh. get <laughs> Oh my. Well, yes. on that lovely note. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to end I, it. I, I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. So thank you all for listening. I hope that you've gotten something out of this, that you you've enjoyed it. We took you down memory lane a little bit. And hopefully Chris's Golden Girls have excited you. Yeah, hopefully you're still listening and that didn't just make you go, all right, this, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> and just turn it Who off. Who are these people? Yes, we're nuts. <laughs> and that pretty much explains it. Yeah, so um, go ahead, Chris. Yes. I was just say, follow us, Instagram and Facebook at NutsPodcast22 and Twitter, NutsPodcast1. Our email, NutsPodcast22 at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Comment. Tell us you know, some things that you anticipated, some games and your stories and your relation to it. Or if you had an interesting game that you're like, you know what? I, if I would love for this to be made and it would be something that I just thought of, or I've wished this for years and I've been anticipating this announcement and it just never came. Oh yeah, definitely. Like let's get any discussion that we can going about this. I'm curious if anyone has any input on your golden girls idea or yes or like something else bizarre i just want to know now now that <laughs> like the possibilities are endless now honestly someone's gonna be like i want gilligan's island i've been asking <laughs> for this since 77 <laughs> damn it i want gilligan's island <laughs> but yes so thank you all for for listening again yes thank you my name is joe i'm chris Stay naughty.